0: Six, five,
1: four, three, two, one. Now
2: live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out-of-Bounds Show with Bo Bow, streaming around the world live at the Out-of-Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone.
1: And good morning. Welcome in to the Out of Bounds show. We have um, the Ole Miss Rebels went 10-2 and two, and they'll be playing in a New Year's Day bowl game. If they don't get the New Year's 6, right? Uh, would you look up that date for me, Jason, of the Citrus Bowl? And people have them predicted going to the Citrus Bowl and uh, playing the Iowa Hawkeyes who don't believe
0: in scoring. Uh, but have a great defense so yeah new year's Day okay so hopefully it's not you know I was hit every under I mean they're they're like the opposite of lSU they even they'll put the the line at 25 and a half what win 13 to ten <laughs> or, right. they, or they'll win thirteen
1: to seven I, that's painful to watch man that it is it's it's painful um that they don't believe in offense and then Ole Miss is totally different, um, you know. Score, score, score. Uh, well, most of the time. I mean, Thursday night, neither team could get to twenty, which I I missed on that. So yeah, uh, how surprised
0: were you? Like, just initial reaction from? Well, I I told you that's one of the worst
1: Mississippi State teams in the last twenty years. Um, I was shocked that they they didn't blow out MSU. Shocked.
0: Cole Kublik had a great interview interviewing Knox on the four wheeler. <laughs> oh yeah. And when they're in the tunnel walking out. Yeah. Th- those are always the best when the reporter's in a weird situation and he's walking with the microphone trying to keep up with the four wheeler. <laughs> I I like that. I knew it was gonna be close though, just because that game it's you know, a lot of players last game in a maroon jersey, you know, like they're gonna step up. Jet Johnson was playing angry, Bookie Watson was playing angry. Uh I expected a close game. I didn't expect Ole Miss to not want to throw the ball. Yeah. That was confusing. I and mean, Lane did not want to throw the ball. No. What? And I kept screaming, can we throw the football? Uh, yeah. I get it. We have two great running backs.
1: Yeah, you know, that was that was a terrible, terrible MSU secondary. Um, you look at their their numbers throughout the season, and they were one of the worst secondaries in in Power 5 college football.
0: Yeah, and I thought Lane was going to be licking his chops going for Watkins and Harris and everybody in between. Yeah. But I mean, if it's not broken, the Quinshawn and Bentley.
1: Yeah, no, Quinshawn carried the deal, you know, Jackson Dart uh it it's obvious they didn't want to run him and uh looked like he got knocked out. Right? He I think he did. I, yeah.
0: I, I think he got I expected Spencer Sanders to play the rest of the I, game.
1: Can't believe he went back in the game. I'll play um, later. <laughs> I, I yeah. Can't I can't believe he went back in the game. This is out of bounds, ESPN one oh five nine The Zone, brought to you by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial industrial roofing company in Mississippi. Roofing dot MS, doing it right the first time since nineteen eighty. Independent Roofing Systems. Roofing dot MS. Tom Luganville will join us at nine thirty on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Jason got engaged over the weekend and I just watched football. I went to a college hoops game, my first one
0: of the year. Oh, that's exciting. Did you uh were you like closer to the to the court or did you have kind of like a bird's eye view?
1: Uh so in the newly renovated Humphrey Coliseum, they've got a club level. Oh, nice. And I watched it from there. How was that? Big. Uh, it's really nice. It is. I mean they they should have built two of them. Mirrored the other side makes no sense. And they did NBA seats it down from the club level. Oh, well they should have done NBA seats all the way around.
0: Yeah, good point.
1: Um, so that was. Uh, while the place looks great, and the concession stands, and the restrooms, and the club level, and all that is is really really nice um they didn't do enough premium seating and they didn't nba the seats you have mm. so they're going to do that i believe nobody's told me that but i believe they you, you got to make them they'll lose a few seats it doesn't matter um and and they need to make them a little bit wider and cushions both on the bottom and the back you see where i'm going i see what you mean yeah yeah definitely so the pavilion i mean i've been to games in there that's that's where they went and that's where you have to go that that made no sense I'm not sure why Cohen and them thought you know I, I don't know why they didn't do that all the way around and I don't know why people want premium seating and you need you have such a waiting list there are a lot of people that were mad that didn't get into the club level I don't have club level seats okay somebody was kind enough to invite me um but I you got to have another club level on the other side and you got to have the NBA looking seats of cushions. I mean, I just mind boggling that they left those same Humphrey Coliseum seats in there.
0: Yeah. But I mean, when the, when the team is that good, you want to be sitting in a solid chair. I watching mean, look, in.
1: Every seat in there, every seat, even in the, in the upper deck of uh, whatever is, is great. At lower level, anywhere you are is a phenomenal view. Okay. Um, and it looks good. Again, um, they brightened it up. It's white. Okay. And it's, it's again, concession. It's like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, other new stuff they have on campus. Concessions are great. Open. It, it all looks good. They just, you know, it looked like they kind of half blanked it. Mm. And they there was no point in that. Um, so I think, and I haven't been told, but I think Zach Selman and his team are going to go in and do a, but now you got to bring another construct. I mean, you already had people there. Right, yeah. Might as well do I mean, it dude, while they're it's there. It's like, you know, you, you already had the people on site and ready to roll, and you had already messed around for a year or so. But I think Jams has to be excited. And uh, I got to see Josh Hubbard play live. Um, so I thought he talented. Played well. He's very talented. He's so talented. He's just smooth. He's just a, a silk to be that age. He's just a silky smooth player. And still
0: without Tolu, they're finding a way. So, I mean, just do it to what? January? If you can, <laughs> if you can muscle it out till he, January, <laughs> they got to try to find
1: a way. I don't even know if he may not, he may or may not make the first conference game or two. He may. Um, and then I don't know what the rev up's going to be either. Jason, like 12 to 15 minutes a game for a week or two or 15 to 20 minutes. That's probably low. 15 to 20 minutes ish yeah. 20 to 25 maybe as the I don't know these guys are such freaky athletes I mean you see old Miss Mississippi state guys come back from in you're like what the heck we, um, I
0: mean we just talked about dart getting knocked out yeah <laughs> I that, mean that's a whole nother
1: discussion <laughs> that um I was very 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 surprised
0: I think they had like smelling salts or something or like a concoction to get him back awake <sighs>
1: I don't know, I don't know. Um, the Out of Bounds show is driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder. It's an all new body style Nissan Pathfinder, and it's really really cool at Canon Nissan in Jackson. Also, the Nissan Rogue, which is the crossover with unbelievable gas mileage at Canon Nissan in Jackson. Shows also brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. Christmas Titleist Pro V1 golf balls, Callaway clubs, Taylor Made. What are we doing here? I mean, upgrade the golf game before going to Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Where do you do it? Edwin Watts Golf Shop in Ridgeland on County Line Road. Want to say good morning, welcome in. We've got Tom Luganville coming up, 930. He knows Jeff Levy. And he'll give us his thoughts on Levy as a coach. He really likes him as a person. And so does this gal on our text line that got to know Levy and his wife in Oxford. So says he's a really good dude. That's your new football coach at Mississippi State. 39 years old, offensive coordinator for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, Hale State football coach. We'll be there tonight for the press conference. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Bank Plus. It's more than a name. It's a promise. Back in a sec. watch the the uh, Alabama-Auburn game. That Look, we've all been there somewhat, maybe not exactly like that with our team, where you've had your heart ripped out and Auburn had their heart ripped out. Can't give him that long, man. You just can't. You can't give that level of athletes that long to figure it out. You just can't. And I know that's easy for me to say. I was sipping on a Stella Artois or something watching the game. I, I, but you can't give athletes that are that skilled that long. Right? I mean, it's like the the best of the best three-point shooters. You can't just play six feet off of them. Yeah, somebody get on that guy. You know, you, you just... Uh, when you're skilled at the level that they are... You, you didn't you feel it the, about the last second before he let it rip? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And then boom, he threw a beautiful pass and, and catch in the end zone. You know, that would have been such an epic upset for Hugh Freeze because they had just lost to New Mexico State. And uh, the we not just lost, they got blown out. Embarrassed.
0: That's what we were talking about. That would have been the most Hugh Freeze game. The the mo- you lose to New Mexico State. It's like you beat Alabama, and then you lose to Memphis. Like you lose to New Mexico State, and then if you pull it out against Bama, he
1: he's a roller coaster. Bartu's talked about how he's a good coach, but he's he's a roller coaster. Um, he's going to give you some serious highs and some serious lows. Um, but you know, we'll look that game, and and I watched all of Michigan and Ohio State, and you know. First of all, that was an absolute battle, okay? Heavyweights going back and forth. But credit to Michigan not having hardball in a game like that with the stakes that they were, you know, college football playoff. And how many times on third down they made a play. Now, so did Ohio State, okay? But uh, super impressed with, with Michigan. And look, man, that was an SEC game. I mean, I've had fun over the years making fun of the Big Ten because it is boring. Um, <laughs> but that that was a heavyweight fight with fantastic athletes, well-coached on both sides of the football. And even though Harbaugh doesn't have the talent profile that Ohio State has, he doesn't. I mean, Ohio State out-recruits him by about nine or ten spots. He's beat him three times in a row. And, man, they're riding high. I don't know if he'll leave. I don't know if he'll go to the NFL. But if there was ever a year to win it, again, it's been a while, and not be an elite recruiter, although they recruit well. Right, right. But they're outside the top 10, man. And I thought J.J. McCarthy just he dropped some dimes when they needed to. So good. Uh, but that was a hell of a football game. Bama-Auburn was a hell of a football game. Um, you know, there were some others, Missouri and Ole Miss capped off seasons that they, I mean, those are, that's a big deal with those programs. You know, we hell Drinkwitz was, was on the hot seat. Uh, I mean, but he was trending the wrong way and they go get some players in the portal and mix them in with some of their high school players and give they landed a big time high school class, didn't they? A couple of years ago. And maybe it's kind of the combo. Um, I'd love to see Missouri and Ole Miss play on a neutral field. Ooh, that'd be a rock fight. I, I think that that would be a lot of fun.
0: I do. Um, I mean, Schrader is elite. <laughs> they're they're running back. He's something else. Yeah.
1: Well, they got they got two receivers that can play. Yeah. Um, they did a good credit to them. I mean, that's a place that ha- has been in shambles, you know, since since all that stuff went down eight years ago, nine years ago, or whatever, and. um... Really, really, the university took a a massive hit. Um, Enrollment, donations, everything else. He's been able to hang in there. They had a good, they had a good, um, really, really, really good year. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone, ESPN. Let's see. Um, Sun Devil Macy said, I watched the game at a long layover in the Atlanta airport at the bar near the piano bar in Terminal E, it was almost as if Michigan knew the plays, Ohio State was going to run in the fourth quarter. Well, it's funny you say that. They've done that the last three years, Sun Devil Macy, is they have imposed their will and owned the second half, but especially the fourth quarter. Um, That is coaching. That is, you know, all the stuff we talk about, players wanting it. But you're exactly right. I mean, Michigan has had to turn the game in the second half and dominate and after not winning for years and years and years, what was Urban Meyer seven and O? Is yeah. that right? Yeah, I don't. He didn't lose. Okay, I think Urban was seven and O against Michigan, and now Jim Harbaugh has won three in a row. And unless they screw up this week, he was seven and Yeah, seven and Yeah. Unless they screw up this weekend against Iowa, and the lines twenty three points, my friends. Jeez. Then they're going to the college football playoff. <laughs> and just so you know, Georgia's minus five against Alabama. I am ready Ooh. for that game. I'm ready for Georgia Bama this weekend at three o'clock CBS. I will. Am I here this weekend? I don't know. Either way, I'll be somewhere in front of a TV and I'm not moving. Nick Saban, Kirby Smart. Um, Milrow, Carson back, but this thing's going to be on defense. Don't y'all know? Does everybody feel like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a trenches game, an absolute battle, and then the defensive side of the football will – those are two – those are – they're, quote, unquote, not elite, but those are two physical, rough and rugged defenses. I cannot wait to to watch Georgia Bama at 3 o'clock on – saturday and mike gundy all he does is win at oklahoma state doesn't get any credit i they're it they're they're in the big 12 championship game i know texas and oklahoma are leaving joining us in the southeastern conference but oklahoma state pulls out a nine and three boy it's a great opportunity for texas is it not sark is a 14 and a half point favorite what does mike gundy love to do be a pretty big underdog and beat you. Now, Texas has more talent. They have more dudes. They have more speed. They have more size. They should win the game. But Gundy's freaky. He's a man. He's 40. Well, and uh, boy, Louisville dropped the ball losing to um, Kentucky. But, you know, actually Kentucky recruits better than Louisville it's just Brahm is incredible there and they'll play Florida State so we'll see what happens there too um on Friday night we we have a rematch Ooh, what do we have Oregon Washington
0: I'm so excited for that all right so I'm Uh, just I'm just saying because that I mean that could see you, this whole time with the college football playoff rankings, Bama hasn't had their future in their own hands. Right. So does the Ohio State loss help them out? Does an Oregon loss help them out? Well, we're going to get more on, from Bar Two on that.
1: And you'll get your updated rankings tomorrow as we head into conference championship weekend. But Bama-Georgia could be awesome and Oregon-Washington could be awesome. And that's Friday night football, by the way, which... I'm down with. Isn't that in Las Vegas? Oh, it is. How about that? Oregon and Washington are in Las Vegas. Wow. 11-1 versus 12-0. Bo Nix versus Pennix Jr. Tom Luganville coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. And Lug's knows Jeff Levy. Covered him for a long, 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 long time. And we're going to talk about the new head football coach at Mississippi State, Jeff Levy, who... Spent some time at Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin in Oklahoma and Baylor in Central Florida with Heupel. Here we go. Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. And he is coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your card home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. want to say good morning welcome in we're excited to have tom lugan bill with us national college football analyst with espn and mississippi state fans are going crazy jeff levy the new head football coach at msu uh was the oklahoma offensive coordinator ole miss oc and then prior to that with hypo at central florida and baylor forever and um He's had success, no head coaching experience, but Zach Selman decides, hey, he wants to go young, offense, excitement, somebody who's coached in this state and in the SEC, so understands all those dynamics and so on. So we welcome in Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, and this is the Out of Bounds Show, driven by your next easy-go golf car at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors. Tom Luganbill, good morning. How are you?
2: Good morning. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm good. Did you get to uh did you get to just kind of hang out and watch football on Saturday?
2: I did actually. I made it a point to take a relatively early flight back from uh from Austin so that I could get home and actually sit back and, and watch all the action. I mean, think about how close we were to Armageddon, man. I know. I know. <laughs>
1: that that Bama-Auburn game was crazy, but I thought, I don't know how much you got to see, but man, uh, Ohio State-Michigan was a treat. It was just a hell of a football game, Tom.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I saw the entire thing. You know, I kind of got the sense, I don't know how you felt, but I I get a little bit of a sense that Ryan Day really played into the hands of Michigan defensively because I think he's so hell-bent on proving how tough they are that by trying to, you know, play conservative, play in a phone booth, have it be a point of attack game, I, I think that kind of took away from Ohio State's strengths. I mean, I, I look at Ohio State and I say, okay, well, where's, where's their greatest asset? Well, it's all of the perimeter skill. It's the running back. Let's, let's spread everybody really super thin, get everybody way out wide, force Michigan into space, get your playmakers versus theirs and see what happened. And I, I just think sometimes, he he got in his own way throughout that game a little bit i
1: agree and and it was uh, you you felt like keep throwing the football guys were when they did yeah. guys were of course Harrison junior but but guys were open and uh i think you made a good point there that he kind of played into uh michigan's strength and man 3 in a row by michigan and harballus what a what an incredible story Um, there for the Wolverines. All right, we got to talk Jeff Levy. He's the new coach at Mississippi State. You know him. What can you tell us about him? You know, you've been around him personality-wise as far as Jeff
2: Levy. Sure. Oh, you'll like his personality. He's he's kind of a, a cross between, well, he was an offensive lineman, but he's got like an offensive lineman feel, but also a cool guy feel at the same time. Um, very personable. Um, you know, I don't think he's a man of many words, but he is, he's very to the point. He's very direct. Uh, I I do believe he, he kind of says what he's thinking. And, you know, now I think, you know, you and I've talked about this for several weeks now, where you just feel like there's, there's a certain level of importance with the Mississippi State program that you got to have a little bit of uniqueness offensively, right? You got to have uh, maybe a brash, aggressive, wide-open, up-tempo approach. And the offense that he's coached, the ones he's designed, uh, obviously he and, and Josh Heifel and Kendall Bryles and, and, and you know that whole entire network of coaches go way, way back. But everywhere he's coached offensive football, they've been really, really good. And I think that was attractive to Mississippi State.
1: There's risk in every hire, right, um, regardless of, of really who you are. Uh, look what A&M went through over the weekend. And so Zach right. Selman, who's 37 years old, um, you know all about his family. He's grown up in this. He decides to bypass uh-huh. head coaching experience for what you just described. You know, offense, right? scoring points, youth, energy, enthusiasm. So now what's happened in StartBull is you've got this youth movement with Zach Selman, who's 37, and Jeff Levy, who's 39. Um, is that how you see it, what what Selman was thinking? Youth, offense, enthusiasm, get the fan base going and just try to go score a bunch of points?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. And But I also think, you know, because obviously he's familiar with him, um, with the Oklahoma connection, I think he feels like he's a very detail-oriented guy that will work tirelessly in recruiting, um, that will build a plan of attack and a blueprint for how to get from point A to point B to point C. Um, He's worked for, you know, Brent Venables is about as detail-oriented as you can possibly become. So there will be a discipline that will be inherent there, I think, with Jeff Levy. And then, like I said, a scheme that is tried and true. And let's not forget this. It's a scheme that will attract offensive personnel. Quarterbacks will want to play in that scheme, just like they want to play for Lane Kiffin in that scheme at Ole Miss. It is extremely quarterback friendly. Um, you're going to be able to throw it all over the lot. They want to run it, but you're going to be able to, so much of it is RPO-based and, and spreading people thin horizontally, you know, screens and, and checkdowns and all the different things that you want to be able to do, but it will be attractive in recruiting as well.
1: Uh, you just hit on something. Tom Lugan, Bill with ESPN. You said detail-oriented, and I could not agree with you more. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I think this is a piece of the puzzle that's boring to fans, but is so, so important. Um, And I had a friend who has hired people at a very high level, and he said something to me, Tom Luganville, several years ago, and he said, man, I'm not an athletic director, but if I was, I'd go look at my candidate's car. I'd go look in their car because – I want, and he said, I'd love to go look in their closet at home because I want someone who, when I get in their car, there's not a piece of lint in there. He said, that's how I believe you have to run this thing, that you have to be unbelievably detail-oriented. I think there are a few that can get away with it not being Luke's, but they hire people around them that take care of it. But that's not many. So I, I think you hit on something. I'll tell you this story real quick. Uh, Tom, one night, this is several years ago, obviously I see Dan Mullen at a steakhouse and we end up talking and, um, I'm having a beverage and so on. And we're both staying at the same hotel and he's like, Hey, I'll drive you back. Like, great. It's like, you know, a half a mile down the road. We get in his car. There's not one speck of dust in his car, Tom. And I thought about that, what that guy told me when I, when I was in his car. Your thoughts?
2: Well, listen, I think it's even more important, too, when you haven't been a head coach, right? Because your biggest adjustment, and you talk to guys who become first-year head coaches and you talk about them going from year one to year two, almost all of them to a man will tell you, It's all about the things that you have to now do, that you are now accountable and responsible for that have nothing to do with actually coaching the football team, right? Whether it's speaking engagements, meetings, uh, administration, player personnel, recruiting, like you're no longer just in charge of one area of the team, one area of recruitment, You are having to oversee all of it. And there's so much stuff that if you don't have the details set, if you don't have the the I's dotted and the T's crossed, you're not going to have a functioning, streamlined organization. And I think, you know, guys that have been long-time head coaches would probably always tell you that if they went back and looked at themselves when they first got the job, that would be the biggest adjustment. And I think, you know, at a place like a Mississippi State, and really a top-tier level, whether it's middle to upper-tier SEC caliber program, you're going to have resources in place, whether it's manpower, whether it's staffing, to be able to have the help you need to continue to have those organizational skills where you're not undermanned, understaffed, and now you've got so much on your plate you can't function. So you're going to have the help. I think that's really, really important in all of this, too.
1: We're talking Jeff Levy, the new head football coach at Mississippi State with Tom Luganbill. What kind of a recruiter do you think he is, Lukes?
2: Well, I think he'll recruit hard. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, he, he knows, you know, if you look, and he's been at a few different levels, too. So he's been at the group of five level very successful with that caliber of player and then he's been at Ole Miss. He's now been at Oklahoma. He's been at Oklahoma in two different iterations, a team that a year ago was not overly talented and a team this year that was significantly more talented. So he knows probably as well as anybody, especially a guy who's becoming a first-time head coach, how critical personnel is. And I think being in the SEC, he also knows how competitive the landscape's going to be. Like if you don't tackle that head-on, it doesn't matter what you know X's and O's wise. You're you're not going to be successful. So that's got to be priority number one. I think right now his number one priority is who is his strength and conditioning coach, and who is going to be his director of player personnel or general manager or you know director of, of recruiting. They got to get that person in place ASAP.
1: Yeah, N- Lane has nailed both of those positions. Um, and so if some other coaches but i agree with you it, they did not look like a power five team to me physically this year i don't know what happened in the off season um but i just i remember eyeballing them from the get-go thinking what in the world happened and it talk about how important that that role you know we t- we talk about it all the time they're the strength conditioning coach and the whatever three or four guys under them are with them all the time but you're inside buildings all the time just how valuable is that person in that position,
2: Luke's? Oh, the strength and conditioning position? Yes. Oh, I think it's I think it's absolutely pivotal. It's critical because especially when you're in a transition period, you're gonna have guys fight it. You're gonna have guys buck the system. You're gonna have guys fight the buy-in. That coach is going to be the one, he's the conduit that reveals to the coaching staff who's in, who's out, who's tough, who's a worker, who's not a worker, Um, and that's how you start to weed through everything. And every single morning, every single afternoon, every single evening, those guys and the staff are around those kids. And they are the ones that are going to reveal to the coaching staff more so than anybody else. And the athletic training staff can be involved in this as well. Because um, you got to figure out real quickly what is the core foundation, what is the group and core foundation of guys that you could build the turnaround around. And I'm going to use T Sarkeesian as an example here with, with Texas. I just had Texas in, in Texas Tech. It was senior night, Friday night in, in Austin. And there are a handful of guys that he inherited that have been like the core foundation of the ones that bought in from the previous regime and have been literally a pivotal, pivotal person or persons that have helped Texas get to where they are right now. Safety, Jade Barron. The, two defense, the one defensive lineman, Tavondre Sweat. When they, got, when they first got Tavondre Sweat, he was a big, talented guy, but he fought it every step of the way. And then he finally bought in. You get some of those guys that you didn't recruit, that you inherited, and you take those first couple of off seasons and you start to make it hard, you're going to find out real quickly who the guys are you can count on. And that's why those people are so important. Uh,
1: Tom Luganbill with ESPN talking Jeff Levy, the new head football coach at Mississippi State. Um, pairing, pairing a defensive coordinator with how many snaps he likes to play. What does that look like? And how difficult is that for the, for the DC to manage when you're running around? I was looking at it. He averages 81 snaps a game.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you're a head coach, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're going to, the coordinator is going to have to deal with what he's got to deal with. Um, I think it's a little bit different when you are the coordinator and you're dealing with a, a defensive head coach like he had at Oklahoma and then you kind of work through those things. But um, I, I think we're in the day and age now, Bo, where it's just universally accepted. If you're going to coach defense in college football, number one, you got to have a screw loose because <laughs> it is almost impossible to succeed. I mean, it, the strain that is put on you even if you're not going fast because of the space and the RPO game and the dual threat quarterbacks, I mean, you're just constantly under assault. So I think you you realize that, hey, this is the world we're living in. You hope that you can get enough people up front to create problems and disruption and affect the quarterback. And then at the end of the day, you're going to give up yards. The question is, do you give up yards and points in the red area and can you get off the field a few times during the game? Right. Like, can you can you get off the field on third down? I mean you even look at Texas, how good they are, how good they are on defense, number one rush team uh rushing defense in the country, number one third down defense in the country. They're still giving up yards. They're giving up yards, but they're giving it up from the twenty five to the twenty-five. And then they don't let you score. And they get off the field on third down. And so, you know, I think That, to me, if you're Jeff Levy, you got to find somebody that philosophically believes in what you believe in. And I don't mean believes in what what he believes in offensively. What does the head coach believe in defensively? Right. Right? Like, if if that's what you – that is what you've got to adjust to.
1: So, let me – let's go through this. His first two years, we're talking Jeff Levy with Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So Levy and Durkin were together for two years at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. All right, and then he's been under yeah. Brent Venables. I mean, these are good defensive minds. Um,
2: sure. All
1: right, so he's been able to see that and how it works with him, and like you said, year one was not good to either one of them at Oklahoma. But man, if they turned it around this year, um, would you? Venables, isn't he a recruiting maniac?
2: Luke's. Oh, yeah, big time. And that's probably the best thing to have happened to Jeff Levy. I agree. Um, because he, only, he has seen it. And that's not to say that Lane's not a grinder in it. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but I, I think the thing that has been a positive for Jeff Levy is Brent Venables came over from a program that was recruiting at the highest of high levels, had the resources to get it done, knew exactly who they were targeting and why were able to beat and compete with a Georgia and an Alabama and an, F- F- uh, an LSU route Auburn routinely in recruiting right so he's lived that he's seen what that looks like and now that you move back into the SEC Jeff Levy has coached against these teams he knows what the personnel is and what has to happen to compete that won't that ain't going to be a surprise for him okay
1: um, let's talk, all right, Tom Luganville, let's go Bama, Georgia. I can't wait this week uh, by the way, are you what is your schedule
2: for the i i am uh our group is off this weekend, which is great for me because I'm gonna get to see my son actually play in the state uh, semifinals good for you on uh Friday night, yeah, that rarely happens, and so he's a senior and it's a great opportunity and then uh, this weekend, uh, since we're off, my wife and I are going up to Stowe, Vermont. Going to get a little skiing in and take a little break from football after the championship games.
1: Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Georgia Bama uh, lines five. I can't wait. What in this? What What is the matchup that you're looking for in, in this game?
2: Uh, I'm looking to see if Alabama can have success on first down so that they don't have to rely on throwing the football consistently to win the game. Um, That's one thing from the opposite side of the line of scrimmage. I think it really benefits Alabama that Georgia doesn't have a runner at quarterback. And um, that's a challenge for Georgia on defense this week. It's not as big of a challenge for Alabama. So, you know, I look at Jalen Milrow and I look at the success that he's been having. And I look at the improvement that he's had, but they've also gotten a lot better at running the football. I look at the game plan that Alabama had versus Kentucky, where it was run, play action, quarterback, run, run, play action, quarterback, run. And it was a really successful approach. I think it needs to be a similar approach versus Georgia.
1: You like Bama, don't you?
2: I kind of do yes um, I, I still think it's going to be a tall order um, I'm not convinced they're the better team but they've just they've lived in that world for so long though that they're they kind of thrive in the environment right and 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 listen that's upstate Georgia doesn't Georgia of course does and has proven that uh, time and time again but it, it I keep feeling like we haven't had the major upset. We haven't had the chaos. We almost had it in, what, three or four different games last weekend. Maybe we're due this weekend. I mean, you look at how important the Florida State-Louisville game is for Texas and Alabama fans and Georgia fans and anybody that needs Florida State to lose because there's a lot of – I think this is the first time in the college football playoff era we're going to have at least one, if not two, teams not make the playoff that are more than capable of winning a national championship. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there. I I do. Yeah, I like Bama in a close one. I do. And and I like where you went with uh, Milrow can run it when he needs to, and Carson Beck is just not a runner. And as much as we like to maybe give Stetson Bennett the fourth a hard time, that dude could scoot when he needed to and um, put pressure oh,
2: yeah.
1: on, on. All right, one more. We got a minute here. Oregon-Washington rematch in Las Vegas. Who are you taking, Lukes?
2: I'm taking Oregon because I think they're just flat out the better team, and I think that Dan Lanning will avoid being quite as aggressive as he was the first time around, um, particularly on fourth down, but they're just flat out better. I feel like Washington has kind of paralleled since that first outing. And Oregon has soared. And, listen, would it surprise me if if, if Washington were to win the game? Yeah, actually it would. Because I think Oregon's that much better than they are right now.
1: Man, Oregon looks like they're built like an SEC team.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they do. They're not quite as dominant up front defensively as I think Texas is. But they have a lot of that same makeup. Yes, I would agree. Man.
1: Watching them play Oregon State. I know Oregon State doesn't recruit near the way they do, and Jonathan Smith's a hell of a coach. Um, But, wow, Oregon, physical and fast, and Mario and Lanning have have done a good job getting players out there. Um, Real quick, Elko to A&M. You like it?
2: Yeah, I like it. I, I, I just chuckle and shake my head at the notion that if any of the Mark Stupe stuff was real and Texas A and M fans pushed back on it, are you out of your mind? Like that would have been a great hire. If you could have pulled that off, that hire would have been phenomenal. I like the Mike Elko hire. I think the timing of it's perfect. He understands the landscape and the infrastructure and uh and, and we'll see how he tackles that thing. But I thought this weekend turn of event, you know, if let's just say they are to be you know, grounded in truth just makes me shake my head as to further looking at Texas a and saying, what do you, no wonder you guys don't have it right. Yeah. Look, I, I actually, they should have gone
1: and gotten DeBoer from Washington, but that's a whole nother story. We don't have time. That would to have been a good it.
2: one, too. That would have been a good one. Man,
1: too. that dude yeah. can coach. Wow. Okay. Um, enjoy your, uh, your weekend and Vermont we'll talk soon Okay.
2: alright man appreciate it later
1: Tom Bill with ESPN on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line lunch today brought to you by Fleetway Market in the Market Cafe in Glugstadt and uh, man great food blue plates smoked meats I went through there last week and got one of their uh, chicken sandwiches for lunch It was delicious. So Fleetway Market, Market Cafe in Gluckstadt for lunch. We'll meet you there. Also, uh, there's a new Fleetway Market open in Clinton. It's open 24 hours a day, which is super cool, too. I hope you have a good Monday. If you missed anything, hit Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search Out of Bounds with
0: Bow Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow live from Starbucks we